This is Doomed to Repeat. Welcome to a Doomed to Repeat mini episode. My name is Alex Cummings from Georgia State University, as well as the wilds of deepest, darkest Gastonia, North Carolina. I'm your host today, and we're really excited about what we're going to be discussing, which is the fascinating life and work of the poet Gary Soto. Now, most of our listeners, of course, know Mr. Soto's work from the Das Racist song Rainbow in the Dark. Catch me on the south side, kicking it with Shlomo Kicking it with Gary Soto, all the cholos saying me that loto Just because I rock the second hand Versace Watch me, watch me The second hand couldn't even clock me <laughs> uh, we were joking a little bit there. Um, of course, Soto is not known primarily for his cameo appearance in Das Racist Song. Uh, in fact, he is a tremendously accomplished poet, playwright, novelist, memoirist, and teacher. Um, he was born in Fresno, California. Um, from humble roots, has achieved an incredible career. In fact, his poem, Oranges, is the single most anthologized poem in all of contemporary poetry. It appears in 14 million copies published all around the world. In fact, students across the world, every level, read this poem and analyze it. Now, that's just one of his works, if perhaps the most well widely known. Um, and we're really excited because at the Lit Hop Festival in Fresno this spring, we got to sit down with Soto. He took some time out to talk to our fellow traveler and contributor, Juan Luis Guzman, who is himself a poet and a professor at Fresno City College, to talk about uh, Soto's life, his work, his, the way he thinks about poetry, and especially the link between poetry and activism, especially in the difficult times that we live in, where everybody's wondering what they can do to uh, intervene and change the world, whether that means going to a protest or running for office or writing a poem. And Soto's going to talk to us about that. So we're really excited that we get to sit down and speak with him and take it away, Juan. Let's start by talking about the museum really quickly, just just um, to have that as well. But and I, if you can tell us a little bit about how the museum got to Fresno City College. Okay. Well, we have the, the Gary Soto Literary Museum, which is the smallest, cutest, cleanest museum in the country. Uh, it's only about 300 square feet, and it features uh, memorabilia from manuscripts to awards, uh, letters from fans, letters from family, uh, furniture where I sat at dinner nightly for 35 years with my wife of, of 43 years. And it came because, um, you know, I wanted to come back home to a place that really meant a lot to me, and that's Fresno City College. Um, I mentioned earlier that um, I graduated from high school, Roosevelt High, with a 1.6 GPA. So no one was asking me, you know, Cal State Fresno, Certainly not UC Berkeley. Hey, why don't you come and join us? So City College was a place that offered room for me. And I've been on your museum tours before, so I know that you have a lot of cool stories about 
Fresno City in particular. Are there any favorite stories that you have or memories about Fresno City? Yeah, the favorite one I have, as I mentioned, uh, on, 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 during my tour, and anyone, anyone, anyone wants to ask, uh, I faced actually a fountain. And this is where I proposed to a young woman. I was age 19 and a half, and I had only $1 in my bank account. And I asked her if she would marry me. Uh, rightly so, she said no. And hurt, I went to the to the library on campus and began to check out books of poetry to repair my broken heart. Poetry makes you know it's it's like medicine, poetry. And so I, I you know kind of liked poetry in high school. I certainly liked uh, the music of the '60s, which I'm a, a product of. And so I thought, well, maybe poetry will help me. And so that's one of the stories that I like to share is that from rejection to art, the really, really, it's only like two or three steps. And it's beautiful that from the open door of your museum, you have a view of that fountain. (laughs) I think that's so cool. I think one of the earliest poems of yours that I encountered was Oranges, and it's one of the, it is the most anthologized poem, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm correct. uh, It is the most anthologized poem in contemporary history. There's no second or third. We're talking 14 million copies. Uh, that's legally, uh, illegally downloaded stuff. Who knows? <laughs> but I know that in Ireland, uh, Oranges was a poem that uh, all eighth graders had to read in order to kick up to ninth grade and that's mm. high school. So it was the one where you, it was yeah. test. You read it, then you had to respond to that poem. Wow, that's, so that's 375,000 kids wow. a year in Ireland. Because, like, as a, as a Fresno kid, right, like, as a barrio boy, it speaks to me in a way that I wonder how... how it, it, what do you think it is about that poem that reaches everyone Man, so universally? Uh, it's a mystery, except that it, it just, I, there's a sweetness involved. I have no idea, you know. And I'm not going to say... Uh, you know, I don't know what hits kids listen to now, or you know, the you know top forty. But um, <laughs> in my period, maybe it was something like uh, "She Loves You," yeah, 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 like the Beatles, or something like that. I mean, uh, it just touches it touches people. So you wanted to bring this back home to Fresno City College. I wonder um, if if you feel like uh, Fresno is an eternal home for you, or, or what does it mean to come back to Fresno for you? Well, my wife and I are both from Fresno, and we have family here. We have our roots here. Actually, right on here on Weldon Street, that's where I met my wife. And uh, there were a couple of houses, four or five houses on Weldon before it became a parking lot and uh, administrative offices. That's where we met. In fact, I was I was hired by the State Center Community College District to be the gardener for those five or six houses. And... It happens that one of the houses, well, that's where the, a woman lived, lived, who became my girlfriend. So I was mowing her lawn, and then going in for iced tea. You know, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're really excited for Lit Hop. Uh, we have 42 events slated, uh, 151 readers, um, and uh, I think that that it's. Uh, that speaks to the testament to the power of literature and to the power that um, the written word has to heal community and to bring people together. I wonder if you can maybe talk about your experience with that a little bit, uh, uh, what, the power that you think literature and the word has. Uh, I think uh, literature, I mean, you think of the three highest arts, music, as in symphonies or classical, uh, classical music or jazz or even pop experimental music. Uh, you go to art, as in sculpture, photography, uh, applied art, and you go to literature in the form of essays, novels, poetry, plays, and so on. Those are the three highest uh, 
creative expressions from the humankind. And so that anytime it's celebrated or read or, or people are drawn to, you know, you know, that's magical. You know, you, and we could have it as in lid hop as a public event. But for me, I think that literature is private. You know, I'm like an old man, a little viejito sitting in my chair at home reading. I mean, that, you know, there's like all sorts of gamuts of personalities. You know, people who are very verbal, some are very quiet. And I'm more on the quiet side where I like my literature. On the couch. Well, you know, Joseph and I have talked well, about how... Well, wait a minute. I should bring my couch to this event. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it on wheels, casters. We'll, we'll bring it in. Uh, that's not a bad idea, actually. We can bring it on the stage. Joseph and I have talked about how your writing, um, it, it, it really reaches across the span of generations, right? Like um, from very young to more mature writing, writers. I wonder um, what you're working on right now and how our current political climate and all that stuff has affected your writing, if, if at all. It is. It has affected my writing. Uh, you know, of course, um, uh, as most of the country, well, not most, a good section of the country, this, you know, we're just troubled by this, this presence of this president in the office. I'm really scared uh, in a big way, you know, war in particular, but also, you know, on our level of, you know, defunding of the arts, of uh, a television program that's important to youth and to uh, older citizens. And I, those two seconds, younger and older. Uh, I'm re, what I'm doing right now is I'm recasting a um, one of the most powerful memoirs on war. It's called Dark and Bloody Ground by F. Perez Lopez, who was a, uh, a soldier during the Spanish Civil War in 1937-1939. Really strong testimony of what it means to be courageous and to live by what you think is justice. So he was uh, fighting against Franco. And so I'm doing uh, like a rewrite. This book came out in 1972. A uh, big publisher, Viking Press, so Little Brown, Little Brown, went immediately out of print. No one knows about this book. It's just like something that someone should know. And I'm rewriting it just to show what we can do as people of courage, you know, fight against this administration. You know, and however we might do it, you know, through literature, art, music, just by not not buying things, you know, whatever. This, this, he's, a, he's a bad man. Yeah, yeah. You um, gave me a really interesting image of yourself now, this little viejito, as you said, sitting in the, on your own and, and writing. And um, I, I feel like sometimes people feel like if they're not out there picketing, if they're not out there protesting, that they're not doing anything. But this, this silent moment, right, you rewriting the text, people writing uh, poetry or, or any kind of literature, um, do you think that there's uh, power in protest in that as well? Uh, protest is so important. Uh, we, you know, there's certain... Um, uh, you know, certain personalities. We don't have the, all the uh, the cookie cutter personality where you have to protest and be a, a, a verbal person. Uh, I wrote a play, actually appeared here at City College. It's called uh, In and Out of Shadows, about undocumented youth. It, it um, it's a really good musical. I wrote that. I I spent a year and a half working on this thing. I made very little money on this thing, but it was celebrated here. San Francisco would sell out. It went to Bakersfield. It went to UC Merced. It was my commentary about how young people, dreamers, really are, you know, they're, they're as vital as anybody else. You know, why, why treat them this way? And so my, my thing is, is the page, you know, and there's other personalities that, you know, 
very verbal, uh, demonstrative, but mine has never been like that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that we're most excited about Lehop too is to give a platform to the people that that might be like that, right? That that stay yeah. at home and write, and that's their form of poetry. And we hope that we can gather all these people together at Lehop and then bring them all to hear you speak too yeah. that night um, as a keynote speaker. Okay, good. We're very excited to have you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm gonna gas up my car early in the morning, come down here, <laughs> Fresno, my hometown. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. thank Gary Soto for his participation in this episode and Juan Guzman for recording it. This episode of Doom to Repeat uh, was edited by Nick Hoffman. Um, Doom to Repeat itself is produced by Dude Letter Podcasting and the Tropics of Meta. It is hosted by Nick Hoffman and Alex Cummings. Nick Hoffman is a lecturer at Kennesaw State University and he is the owner and editor-in-chief of Dude Letter Podcasting. He is the host of Myopia Defend Your Childhood. Alex Cummings is an associate professor at Georgia State University. His book, The Democracy of Sound, is now available in paperback wherever books are sold. Our associate producer is Keegan Shepard. Tune in next time for Doom to Repeat. Thanks.